get that out of the right orientation. Hey, good to see you all here this morning. I'm excited to be here with you all at Rivers and also all the people outside. Hi to everyone. Give me a wave if you're out there. Can you see me? Can you hear me? All good. Brilliant. Awesome. Right. You guys got an overflow section. That's good to, to know, isn't it? Your church is doing something right when you got a bit of overflow, yeah? That's, why, that's probably why you call it Rivers, because you got a bit of overflow. You see what I did there? Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Let's get back to the word, Craig. Um, so my name's Craig. That's right. Um, Pastor Tim got that right. And uh, I do work with Prison Fellowship. Just to give you a little bit of background about myself, I'm a West Australian originally, so don't hold that against me. I'm a sand groper. Uh, went to Thailand for four years, served as missionary on the mission field in Thailand in the city of Chiang Mai, and, uh, and uh, have lived in Launceston in Tasmania, and also here in Brisbane as well, served in pastoral ministry for the last 20 years, and uh, find myself working in prison ministry currently. Been married for 30 years, got four children, so thank you, someone who, who, who did that. Whoever was that giving me the woo. Uh, I like a bit of woo. And uh, I've been married for 30 years. Got four children in various stages of adulthood and maturity. Um, 21. The boys are 21 and 20. And the girls, are, one's turning 18 tomorrow and 15. And they're, they're all serving in the life of our home church. And uh, they all love Jesus. And so I count that as a win as a parent when, you, when your kids are doing that. And uh, they're part of an incredible church family. Um, actually, Pastor Matt has some connection there. Some of the, the people who are on staff at our church um, used to also pastor Pastor Matt. So, um, and uh, I have a connection with Pastor Sam as well um, in that uh, he, we have mutual friends through Thailand. And also he was living in Launceston for a while, shivering there with the rest of us. And uh, so I was hoping to see him, but he's so elusive every time I either come visit the office or give him a text call or something, he's always somewhere else. So I don't even know if actually he's at this church. Like he's, he's, but anyway, that's all good. I just want to talk to you for a few minutes on the, on the passage that Wendy read so uh, powerfully and well. Uh, Luke chapter 15 for just a, a few moments and maybe tell you a few stories about some of the stuff we're doing as prison fellowship. But... Uh, Context is really important, stuff like that. Jesus had been hanging out with a whole bunch of sinners and tax collectors, how dare he? And uh, some people who were maybe feeling like that he should have been hanging out with the nice religious folks, the nice church-going folks, they they didn't like that. So Jesus began to tell a story about the value of lost things. And so he began to tell first a story about uh, a shepherd working with sheep funnily enough you had a hundred of them but one of them went astray and so the shepherd left the 99 to go and find the one that was lost and then he began to talk about a lady who had these 10 gold coins the valuable coins she lost one somehow and so she knew it was in the house so she began to just turn the house upside down so that she could find the coin. And when she eventually found that gold coin, such a valuable item, and there's context to that as well, we don't have time to go into today, but that coin was so valuable to her that she called all her neighbours from around to celebrate the fact that her collection was complete, that, that there was not nine, there was ten. And then Jesus began to tell the story of this son who, as Wendy said, he, he, was, a, he was a bit of a naughty boy, he was a bit of a lad, and a bit of a cheeky one too. And, you know, in that context, in those days, 
the, the eldest son, he would get a double portion of the inheritance. Because there was two of them, the eldest son would get two-thirds of the inheritance. The, the second son would get one-third. And this second son decided that he didn't want to wait until Jesus, oh, until Jesus, until uh, the father had died. So he said to his dad one day, hey, dad, I can't wait till you die. That's not a great way to open a conversation. But he said, I want to get my inheritance now. I want to take it and I want to have it now. And the father could have perhaps had a different reaction, but he said, okay. So he began to liquidate all his assets and began to put it all together. And then he gave one third of all that he had to this second son, this cheeky second son. And then not long after that, the son decided he would go away and have a world cruise, a world tour, whatever he was doing. And he got around and he, he partied like it was 1999. And then in the end, he had nothing. And that's when we got to the story where Wendy read so ably. And today I just want to talk to you, uh, just three thoughts I had about the heart of the Father in all of this that's been going on, that's revealed in the passage that Wendy read just now. So I've got three points. I am an old school preacher. I've got three points. And so I think I I qualify as the Steph Curry of preachers because I've always got a great three-pointer. But anyway, if you like basketball, I don't know Church of Christ people love basketball. And so uh, I feel like I'm in good hands today. Um, So first of all, about our Father. There's three things about our Father. First of all, number one, our Father values relationship. You see, when, when the father saw the son, all the thoughts about the wasted money, all the thoughts about the cheekiness and the disrespect and all that sort of stuff went out the window. All he cared in that moment was that the son that he thought was dead and gone and would never come back was back in his world again. Because our father values relationship. He didn't care about the wasted money. He cared about the broken relationship being restored. See, God loves it when the lost are found. I remember when we first moved to Thailand, we didn't know the language and all we thought to ourselves was this is hot and it's hot all the time. It's like being up in Cairns or something like that. It's just hot all the time. And so we didn't have aircon at our place that we were staying at. So we would, to get cool, on a Saturday we would go into one of the shopping malls, one of these multi-level shopping malls in Chiang Mai, to get cool, we would, you know, kind of go in there, cool down. We'd go to one of these uh, American ice cream chains that were there and Dairy Queen. And we would, that, uh, you know, product placement. So we would go in there and uh, I, I get five cents for every time I mention that. And so uh, we would go in there to Dairy Queen and, uh, and then we would, we would get an ice cream and then we would just cool down in the aircon, just walk around and just have fun. I don't know if you've ever, ever done that um, on a hot summer's day. You just go, what's, what's a cheap way to cool the kids down? Let's just, let's, we just let's go to the shopping mall. So we did that. We went in and so we're standing at Dairy Queen and we're ordering and we've got four kids. At that time, they were in between the ages of one and seven. And so they were young. And you know what it's like when you've got that amount of children. God bless the people who work in the children's ministry right day. It's like today, it's like herding cats, right? So we're there, we're trying to, okay, what do you want? Well, I want one with a flake in it. Well, I want one with the sprinkles on it. I want one with dipped in chocolate and a flake and the sprinkles. And so you go through the whole thing and then it's just... 
you just are happy to pay the money to the person and then get out of there. So we, we did that and there's spilling, people spilling ice cream everywhere and you've got to clean it up and then, oh, no, oh, my, my mind fell on the ground. You've got to buy a new one. You've got to do all that. It's, it's just it's lovely being a parent, isn't it? And so, or a grandparent. And so we're, we're doing that and then we start walking down the mall and somehow we, we realised... And please, this is a place of no judgment, right? Okay, please, is, is this a place of no judgment? Okay, all right, hope so. Let's, 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 yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I, we lost one of them. Not just anyone, the one-year-old, okay? She's walking, she's walking at that time. And we thought, well, didn't you have, where's the chair? What, what happened to her? Where's it going? And we lost her. And you can imagine, we don't speak the language. We're in a foreign country. Not many people speak English. And we've lost this child. And it's Thailand, you know. So we're doing that. And we start to panic, really. And I just remember our, our eldest son, he was seven at that time, he fell down on his knees in the middle of this shopping mall and cried out at the top of his voice, Dear Lord Jesus, please save my little sister. Just the best thing, right? <laughs> and so we're panicking. We, we go back. She's not there. What, what do we do? We're, we're, we're yelling out her name, Lucia, Lucia, Lucia. And finally, one of the staff comes. They've got a, a walkie-talkie and they, she can speak a bit of English. She says, what's the matter? We, well, we've lost our child. And so she gets on the walkie-talkie and a couple of minutes later, somebody gets back at the security yard. He's found her. And so he's bringing her to us. And then must the same son, when, when, when we saw Lucia coming in, into Robinson's shopping, you know, it's like a department store, and we saw Lucia come in, then uh, the same son again falls to his knees and he says, thank you, Jesus, for saving my sister. <laughs> Didn't care who, who was watching. Isn't that a picture of the heart of our father? He loves it when lost people are found. He loves it. He wants to have a healthy relationship with us. He's not mad at us. Our mess doesn't put him off. He just wants to have a relationship with us. He doesn't wait, he's not waiting for us to get it all together before we darken the door of a church, but he's wanting to restore relationship with us, and he rejoices when it happens. He just wants us to repent. Now, we, when we think of the word repentance, we think of somebody standing on a soapbox somewhere saying, eternal burn, you know, you're all going but, to... But the reality is, is that repentance is nothing like that. Repentance is, to me, is the picture of this son who's changed his mind, he's had, a, he's had a mind change, he's had a turnaround in his life where he was walking away from his father, but then he makes a decision to turn around and walk back towards his father. That's what repentance is to me. It's a turnaround, it's a, a 180 turn from walking away from God or walking around God and then beginning to walk towards him. God wants us to repent. He values a relationship. It means to change your mind. It means to start wa- stop walking away from him or around him and start walking towards God. Today, I don't know where you're at, but if you've come into this place and you have never, ever made that decision to follow Jesus, to become a Christian, or maybe today you're far, far in your heart from him, you know that you've made a decision before, but if you're honest with yourself, you say you're far from him today, I just would encourage you, today's a good day. 
to walk towards Jesus. Number two, our Father loves restoration. See, not only does the Father embrace the Son just as He is, all dirty, smelly, smelling like pigs, which would have been really offensive in that culture, He then proceeds to arrange for Him to get a makeover. And so He doesn't just accept Him as He is, but then He decides that He he needs to get cleaned up. Well, that's what God does to us. He loves restoration. He transforms us when he accepts us from the inside out. You know, I have a friend named Ben, and Ben was a guy who wasn't really a nice guy. In fact, he, was, he, he, he lived a pretty rough life and had a rough family and, and he had, it was in a relationship with a woman and they were married and they had four kids and uh, they were abusing alcohol and drugs. They were addicted and, and they lived that life. So one day the, the wife up and left him and left him with these four kids. So it was in a bad way, Ben. And Ben had a, had a neighbour who was a Christian guy and he looked a bit like Pastor Tim actually. And um, I've met the guy. And, uh, and this guy was just a nice regular Christian guy, come from a good home and all that sort of stuff. And and he was kind of a bit intimidated by Ben because Ben was rough. You know, there was stuff always out in the backyard and shouting and screaming and all that sort of stuff. And, and so, and you know, all the, the substance abuse. And so, but this guy would just do what he could. He'd pray for Ben and he'd reach out to him. If the kids needed taking to school, Ben was doing something. He'd, he'd offer to take the kids to school, drop them off and pick them up again. Every now and then he'd invite him to church. And Ben would always say, oh, I don't want to go to church. If I went to church, the, the place might, the roof might fall in or lightning might strike someone. Or all that. So, you know, like all the stuff that, that people would say to you about church. And then one day, this, this Christian neighbor just began to persist and just keep talking to him. And, hey, would you come to church with me? One day... Ben doesn't really know why. I've talked to him about it. He said, I don't really understand why, but we, he knows it was God. He said, yes. He said, I'm going to come to church. And he got to church, and there was just people dressed like him there. And they were so friendly and welcoming and warm. And he just felt there's something different about these people. There's something different about the atmosphere in this place. We know that it's the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's God. In the, in the, when the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus said, there I am in the midst of them. And Jesus is there by his Holy Spirit. And so he goes in and then they start singing songs and, uh, about God. And, and this the atmosphere, just, he just said it just felt different to anything he'd ever experienced in his life. And then when the person got up to, to speak and they gave an invitation to slip up your hand to say, yes, you want to follow Jesus. Ben found himself slipping up his hand. He's like, how did that get up there? You know, like, what? what?" And then he walked down the front and somebody just led him in a simple prayer and he made a decision to follow Jesus. And then what happened was um, he, he, he got changed a little bit, but he was still addicted to the, the substances. And so after a while, somebody said, well, we're going to look back, sure your kids are looked after, but we want you to, to, to get free of this, these substances. And so we're going to um, we'll pay for you to go to this um, program where you come off this drug, you help come off rest, rehabilitation program. So he does, does the program and he gets free of drugs and alcohol abuse. He comes back, his children are in church, 
They, each one of them makes a decision to follow Jesus. And all of a sudden, bit by bit by bit, his life gets put together, back together again. He finds a, a lady who loves him and wants to marry him. They get married and now they've got five children. Because God is a God who loves restoration. Not only that, but my friend Ben now, he works in that same rehabilitation program. And he's literally seen hundreds of people's, young people's lives, just like him, transformed through what God did in his life. Because our God loves restoration. There's no situation too far gone for God. God wants to restore lives. Maybe it's health, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's finances today. We have a, a Father who loves to restore. Number three, our Father wants reconciliation. Maybe Pastor Matt, you could come and like put, lay down some pad sounds on that keyboard, bro. That'd be amazing. Um, our Father wants reconciliation. See, when, when a child has a parent in prison, talk about prison ministry today, they're much more likely than other children to struggle in a whole bunch of different ways. Mental health issues at high, way higher rates than average children. Uh, struggle in school at way higher rates than others who have problems with school. Um, and they're six times more likely to become an offender themselves. And so what happens is, is that, that that's a bad thing. But at the same time, if a, if a parent doesn't maintain a relationship with their family on the outside, so a parent who's inside, who's incarcerated, they're way more likely to re-offend. And so one of the things we, we found is that if you can maintain a good connection between a, a child on the outside and a parent on the inside, that it has benefits both ways has benefits for the child, but also has benefits for the parent who's inside. When they come out, they're way likely, it's probably 50% less likely to re-offend if they maintain a good relationship with, with children on the outside. So one of the things we, we did as a ministry was uh, we put together this program called Angel Tree. It started in the US probably about 40 years ago now. But it's been going in Australia for a long time. And I just want to encourage you, church. You, you as a church, you participated in this program. Well, what happens is every year we go, as I'm going to Woodford Prison. I go into, we go into Woodford Prison and all the prisons around Queensland, all 14 adult prisons in Queensland. And we take a form in and we say to the prisoners inside, would you like for a present to be given in your name with a personalised message from you to your child or children on the outside as a, as a gift of love to them. And we will arrange for local churches in the area where your child lives to receive that present and receive that gift of love with the personal message from you. It's literally thousands of prisoners every year say, yes, we want to do that. And we get to collect all these forms. We collect, collect these forms and then... Corrective services take out all the ones who can't have contact with their children for various reasons. And then what happens is we then go to local churches, which we've already said, we've already made the connection with. We say, okay, in Morton region, there's a, there's a few churches who partner with us. And as I said, you guys are one of those. Would you take, those, take these names? Would you buy a present on their behalf to value about $30? Would you wrap the present? Would you take the card and would you take it to the family. Hopefully you get in contact with the, with the child personally, but if not, just with the carer or whoever's there. And would you take that gift to that family? 
And as you can imagine, in the Morton region, has way more than 10% of all the presents in Queensland, all the thousands of presents that we give. There's more than 10% of them in the Morton region. So there's this great need in the community. And you as a church, I want to commend you. You're doing an incredible job in sharing the love of Jesus in a practical way in that context. I was, it's funny because I was talking to a pastor who does this in his church and they love it. And um, He found himself driving out to the peninsula and he, he's from not, not from a peninsula type area, he's from further up north. And he found himself driving to the peninsula to one of these houses. When he looked at the address, it was a house that backed onto the canals, you know, so it was like a nicer area. Two stories, got a boat tied up at the back, pool, all that stuff. And he was having a bit of a whinge. He's saying to God, God, why am I going to this place? These people don't need this. Look at look at the look at the address I'm going to. I saw the satellite. It's it's a nice area. What? Why am I going to this place? I'm coming from a poor area to give a present to somebody who's got way more money than anybody in my church. Why am I doing that? He rolls up at the door, knocks on the door. There's a a, a middle-aged lady there. He says, "Hi, I'm here from." Uh, on behalf of your son who's in prison um, to present a, a present to his daughter. And so the lady began to, she came out to drive away, she began to tell him a story. Her and her husband were the grandparents of this little five-year-old girl. And the, the father was in prison for something um, that he'd done that was quite bad. And the the lady began to explain that the little girl, she's five, year old, five years old, thinks that her grandparents are actually her parents. She doesn't know that she has a father in, in prison. They hadn't been able to tell her. And people around in the suburb all thought that they were her parents. And they'd been carrying this burden for a long time. And he could tell that it had been weighing heavily on her. They're kind of keeping this secret and trying to raise this little five-year-old girl. And the lady actually said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll accept the present and we'll, we'll tell the little girl that it's from Father Christmas. And he also had this big food hamper that in their church, that's what they did, they gave a big food hamper as well. This, you know, one of those big, everyone gets those big laundry baskets and fills it up with food and da-da-da. He was going to give it. And she said, look, Look at us. We don't, we don't need the, the hamper. Would you just give it to someone else? And he just felt that that wasn't the right thing. And he said to just felt like, just stop, pause for a moment, and just felt like God dropped in this idea, this thought of his head. He said to this lady, he said, maybe you don't need this food, but would you accept it as a gift of love in the name of God? To show to you that you are valued, that you are seen, and that God loves you. And he said that as he was speaking to this lady in this driveway in this expensive suburb, all of a sudden tears began to fill her eyes. 
She began to cry and weep. He was able to pray with her. She began to ask him about church, all other sort of things. And it was a moment where he was able to minister the love of Jesus to this lady in a driveway in an expensive suburb. All because somebody made a decision that they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Because our God loves reconciliation. So today, I just want to encourage you as a church family, keep doing what you're doing. I've talked to other pastors in the area. Pastor Michael Thurlow in Caboolture, he loves the fact that you guys allow them to have space to do what they do, to be a blessing to the, the, the community in Caboolture. And maybe you didn't even realize that was happening in your church, but you as a church have, have generously allowed them to have the space to do that and make, to pack hampers and do all that sort of stuff. I just encourage you, church, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, I was t- telling you earlier that um, I'm part of a family where, in our church where all our children are, are serving Jesus and following God. So I encourage you as a church, I just felt to say this, this is not in my notes, but as a church, keep, keep creating an environment for new people to come in. Keep creating an environment where your children and your grandchildren can feel like they have a part in, the, in this church community and family. That's really important. That you create space for them. That you create an environment and a church family where young people feel valued and they feel accepted and they feel like there's a space for them. Where there's a future for them. Always be more loyal to your future than your past. Doesn't mean we're not loyal to the past. It just means that we're more loyal to the future. Keep going, church. You're doing a great thing here in this place. And you're making a great difference. Way beyond anything that you will ever know or imagine this side of heaven. I just want to pray for people. I've just got just a couple of minutes left. But I just want to pray for some people today. Maybe we could just uh, close our eyes this morning. So thank, say thank you for supporting our ministry. Come and see me out, out at the table afterwards. And if you want to get involved, there's a whole heap of ways you can get involved with prison ministry. And, um, I'd love to have a chat to you about that afterwards. But maybe today you've got some family members or loved ones who are far away from God. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's um, a sibling, auntie, uncle, whatever it is. But I just want to pray for you this morning. And um, I always like to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you today and you say, Craig, would you just include my family in your prayer this morning? Would you just give me a wave? Just like, just put your hand up so that I can see it. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Our, our Father loves our loved ones way more than we love them. And we love them a lot. So do you imagine how much God loves them? How much He wants... That, rest, that restoration, that reconciliation in relationship with them. So let's pray, hey? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that you are a good God. You are a good, good Father. Today, for those of our loved ones who are far from you, we just pray that your love would wrap around them. Your grace would cover them, that there would be people 
your people who would, who would come alongside them and they would have encounters with your people in different ways that would just bring them that little bit further on the way towards you. That rather than walking away from you or around you, God, that would just encourage them to walk back towards you, Jesus. So we lift them up to you today. We thank you that you love them way more than we love them. Help us to play our part in seeing them come back to you without nagging them, without pressuring them, without making them feel condemned, but only loved, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just while our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I would just love to um, give people the opportunity to follow Jesus, to make that decision, whether it's a first time or whether it's a recommitment. If that's you today, you say, I've been sitting in this room and I've been thinking about outside. I've been thinking about this and I, today's the day that I might want to make that decision to follow Jesus. I've been thinking about it for a while. Maybe it's the first time in church. I don't know. I just want to encourage you. Today's a good day to make that decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've made that decision before, but you're far from him today. I just want to encourage you today. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you this morning. I want to know who I'm praying for. You say, Craig, would you include me in that prayer? Would you just put your hand up so that I can see this morning that's out outside there or inside this room here? So good. Church, can we just pray this prayer together? Just, I, just, I just like praying the, the prayer of repentance, the sinner's prayer, um, or, or a version of it. But I always love praying that and uh, just reaffirming my commitment to Jesus. So could, could, as I pray, would you just repeat after me this morning? And if, if, you, were, if you were too shy to place your hand up and this, you're, you're praying this for the first time, I just encourage you, mean it from your heart and uh, connect with God and talk to one of the leaders afterwards and make that decision to continue your journey with God. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross, took away my sin, and took away my shame. I thank you that you rose again, so that I could have a brand new life. Today, I reaffirm my commitment to you to follow you all the days of my life. For me and my household. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Like I said, come and see me afterwards. Let's get a hand back to Pastor Tim. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I really appreciate you, you allowing me the time to come and share with you today. But God bless you, church. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Craig. Why don't we give a hand for Craig and 